Hey, welcome to my daily teaching. Graham here with part three of my little mini series on how to build and also how to break habits. Uh, today, I'm gonna to actually talk real practically about how habits are formed and how habits are reformed in our life. Today, I'm gonna to explore how to get a vision and build really great habits that will automate a life with God will automate the right things in your life. You do not want to miss this. Uh, jump into that in a moment. If you get it, why not get a cup of coffee, a um, cup of tea, a Bible, a notepad, and a pen, and we're going to start in a second. Hey, let me do two or three quick housekeeping things before I do that. Firstly, if you are in the New England area, why not check out our churches in Sturbridge, in Sturbridge, Mass, Otis, Mass, and Norwalk, Connecticut. Also, I, am, I have a traveling ministry. I'll be speaking in uh, Binghamton, New York this month, in uh, Springfield, Mass., also in Warwick, Rhode Island. Uh, next month, Lord willing, I will be in France. So if you're interested, uh, check out my website, gjm.org. Second thing is, I wanna say a big thank you to all of our new uh, YouTube subscribers. We've just hit, uh, I think, two, 315 million, 315 million, that's a faith declaration. 315,000, that's pretty good subscribers to our channel and people watching from especially Muslim nations right now and it's a great place to get the word out. Really appreciate it if you hit, if you hit the subscribe button down there. And uh, my traveling ministry and the outreach like this is supported by our partners. So thank you to all of our partners. Want to pray about becoming a partner? You know, even contribute a dollar a month, whatever you're at. Every little bit helps with getting the gospel out to people. Lastly, I wanted to mention, I'm gonna have a mentoring class, a monthly mentoring class we're starting this month on Zoom. Again, details on my website if you're interested in finding out more about that. Good, so let's talk about habits. What is a habit? Uh, again, I've done two previous videos on this and I really wanna get practical today. But a habit is something we automate. It's a pattern of acting or being or thinking or reacting or it is if you will an action let's call it that becomes so embedded in our psyche that so uh, that often we're not even aware that we're doing it we don't even know why we're doing it we keep doing it sometimes we can hate the habits we have people will often get into a place where they have uh, an addiction to a let's say a physical substance or a, you know a mental thing or uh, some pattern of life that is really hurting them maybe hurting the what we got hurting them as a person hurting others and yet they it's like they hate that part of them but they don't know why they keep doing it and I think Satan loves to take, you know, I don't think Satan can really create things. Satan takes the way God has made us and tries to turn it against us. I like to say to people, Satan doesn't attack you where you are weak. Satan actually attacks you where you're strong and he tries to turn our strengths uh, against us. And I think God has made and built us, built our frame, so to speak, in the sense that we can easily automate and um, get to that habit level many many probably thousands of really great things in our life so that we don't have to think about them i don't i don't get up every day and think should i brush my teeth oh, i wonder how feeling today whatever there's some things i will just do if you ask me how i will do them why i will do them 
I don't even know. Probably because when I was young, I was forced to do them when I didn't want to, and those habits were formed. And um, again, it's really, I want you to see that. I believe that we can have a habit. I have a habit of reading my Bible every day. I'm recording this video in the morning in my office. I'm about to go to my local cafe, and I have my routine there. I go to my cafe, get a good seat, you know, set my computer, my Bible, my notepad, my pen, good cup of coffee, and I'm gonna read my Bible for about an hour and underline it. I've got my little systems, and even the right pens or the coffee or whatever is actually like a support structure around those habits. And I meet many people, and perhaps you're one of them, who would say, Grandma, love to read my Bible, love to pray in tongues, love to witness, love to do this, love to go to church, and I, you know, all these kind of things, and they haven't become habits in your life. So I really want to help you today in how to do those. Let me begin by just sharing two uh, really quick concepts from psychology. These aren't really from the Bible, but they're biblical, <clears throat> and... Um, I believe they'll help us. They really help me understand myself and others as a pastor. The first one's called neuroplasticity. I had an experience about four or five years ago where I was in the UK ministering and I went for a walk one day along a cliff edge, you know, the sea on my left, and I'm walking with a cliff and fields there. And I'm walking in this path, and as I'm walking, you know, it just occurred to me that people have been walking along this cliff edge for now, maybe the cliff is eroded or the landscape sometimes changes, but probably for hundreds of years. And, I, and I'm walking in this really deep path, this rut. There's cliff, there's rock, there are farmer's fields on one side of me, but I'm in a path. And I began to think about that, like, how do paths get formed? You know, in effect, paths get formed by people walking. If, if for days and weeks and months and years, people walk in a certain... Um, direction cover a certain piece of terrain after a while a path is formed there they begin to kill all of the the grass or the weeds or whatever in that area the feet cause there to be a rut a path yeah so people form a path but then somebody like me comes along why do i walk down that path because there is a path there I don't know if you see that. There's a, like a reflexive element to that. We walk somewhere, it causes a path, but because there's a path, it then causes us to walk there. It becomes the easy place to walk. And I began thinking about that, and there's a principle in psychology called neuroplasticity. And this is, this is a thing, you know, uh, I don't want to do pop psychology on you, but it really is true that after, when our brains begin, our physical brain, which is a different thing than our mind, by the way, but our, when our physical brain begins thinking in certain patterns and keeps thinking there, literally our brain will change and reshape physically, and they can, they can map this out and follow this, to make it easy to think in that way. So if you are somebody who thinks in a certain way, who has a a certain addiction or a neurosis or certain you know depression or whatever after a while your brain will like the water flowing you know that will cause the river or the people walking that will cause a path your brain will begin to say hey life would be a lot easier if if we set ourselves up and formed ourselves around that and your physical brain will form itself physically around the ways in which you think and the habits you have. If somebody has a radical change of thinking and perspective in the, you know, the soul, if you will, the brain will form around that and that will be seen. And 
I want you to see that, that when we when we have a habit, it's like you know, I think literally in our brain, but in our soul and also in our life, it's like we create a path. We make it easy to walk down this way. And the more we walk down that path and we practice that thing, the easier it is to do that. Yeah. You know, I have a car that a uh, great car, lots of tech in it that will, like a lot of modern cars these days, it will you know, I have cruise control, but it also has a radar that senses how far the car in front of me is and can speed up or slow down. And it will recognize, my car will recognize the lines in the road that says, this is the lane Graham is driving in. And if I try and change from one lane to another without an indicator, a blinker on, my car will assume I'm making a mistake and my wheel will kind of shudder like like when you run over those little grooves at the side of the road and it will try my point is it will try literally won't overrule me but it'll try to keep me in that lane and what a lot of us do with habits is we create again at a brain level but also at a life level at a friends level at a how we set up our home our finances our clothes our being we set up these support systems around habits let me talk about a second concept here that will really help you and I think most psychologists would agree with this now that when we talk about habits there's really three parts of a habit and if you're gonna make a habit or break a habit you've got to understand these three things number one there is a cue not a cue like you're in the airport standing in a queue but a cue c-u-e a trigger if you will a cue something that sets off the habit <clears throat> secondly there is the action of the habit thirdly there is the reward the payoff the benefit the reward cue or trigger action and reward and for any habit to be sustained those three things have got to be there and what happens after a while is we don't even begin to think about those things cue trigger reward we think you know I could say I have a habit of drinking a cup of tea now, what does that actually mean? There are certain times of the day, <clears throat> maybe I'm oh, feeling stressed or whatever, or, you know, and, and I'm, I begin to desire tea. There are things that will cue me, that will trigger that thing off in me. Maybe I'll go into my kitchen and one of my kids is making some tea. Yeah, a cup of tea, whatever. The cue. Secondly, is the action. Make tea, drink tea. Thirdly, there is a reward, there's a payoff. I drink that tea and I go, ah, oh, this tastes good. Oh, that's relaxing and calming. Oh, I'm glad I had this and not something else, whatever. And I, I get a benefit in doing that. And what happens is when the cue, when I see, when the idea comes to me, or when I physically feel like drinking a cup of tea, whatever, I, on the auto automatic level, I'm looking for the reward. What happens when we eat something? You know, why do we eat? Well, I mean, often we eat because we're hungry. Can I, I actually suggest to you, we eat a lot less because we're hungry than we think. I've been doing a lot of fasting recently. And whenever I'm fasting, I actually take the time to notice, am I actually really hungry? How hungry I am, um, am I on a scale of one to 100? And it's interesting, even when I've been fasting 24, 48 hours, which I do two or three times a week now, I'll often, I, I give myself what I call the MRI. I look at my own body and I go, not that hungry I'm actually physically not that hungry now why do we eat well we get a cue what is that cue 
sometimes the cue is our body telling us we're hungry. Often that cue is, you know, our emotions. We just feel like, oh, I deserve something. I'd like a little treat. Mm. I, I tried for years to lose weight and I didn't realize for me, my challenge was I looked at food as a reward. I looked at it as a benefit. I would go and travel and preach and drive all day and planes, trains and preach and pour my heart out, pray for hundreds of people. And then at the end of my day, some, you know, 11 at night, some pastor would take me out for a big meal in a fancy restaurant or whatever. And for me, that was my reward. Was I hungry? I'm sure I was there, but I'm, I'm sure a little sandwich or a salad or whatever would have met the hunger thing. No, I didn't, I didn't need my, I didn't need to satiate my hunger. I was looking for a reward. And after a while, we begin, again, the cue, the trigger, the reward. And what we've actually got to do if we're going to break a habit, which I'll talk about tomorrow, is actually recognize where are those cues? Yeah, sometimes we, we get tempted, those habits begin when we're with a certain group of people, when we're in a certain context, a certain time of the day, a certain visual thing we see. And if you don't see those things, you'll never fall into the other two, the action and the reward. Hmm? So we've got to work on those three things. So let me, let me finish this today. How do we form great, good habits? I really wanna give you two steps in doing this. Number one, I believe we should actually pray and look over our lives and say, Lord, what are the habits that you want to embed into the fabric of my life? It's interesting, in several languages, there's, there's words like choice um, or action, choice or action, habit, and then character. And in a way, if you take all of my choices, you begin to find my habits. If you take all of my habits, you begin to discover my character. And I think it would really behoove us, even today, to take a few moments to pray and say, Lord, who do I want to be? Who do you want me to be? Who does your word want me to be? Who specifically do you call me to be here on the earth? What are the habits you want me to engage in that will be something beneficial to me? I don't know if you can see them because the background's blurred, but I have some guitars. I have three guitars. Now, I enjoy playing guitar and it's something I do. It's a, I'm not that amazing at it, but it's a tool for ministry for me. It's an interesting thing in my some storage place in my house. I have other guitars. I have guitars in my office. I've got some guitars in storage in my barn here, but I want to have a guitar really easy and accessible in my office where I work. And probably already today, just as I've walked past the guitars, I've reached out and grabbed one and played for five minutes. Why? Q. I saw it. It was there. It was available. If that guitar was stored away somewhere, I probably wouldn't even think about it for a few days, but every time I see it, I think of the reward. Yeah, I can practice a little bit. Wouldn't it be fun to play guitar for a few moments or I'm gonna improve or I'm gonna, yeah? And the cue and the reward cause me to engage in the action. And I, I think number one, let's get a vision of who we want to be. So often we want the end result like we want to lose weight and we want a great relationship. We want to be walking with God. We want to be positive. We want to be in victory and faith. We want to be financially secure or whatever. But everybody wants those things. And we've got to think, what habits should I automate in my life? 
I'll give you an example. Literally today I just looked and I saw an email that I get once a month because I've automated transferring some money from my checking account into my investment account and I've already bought some stocks on the stock exchange with it. Now I automate that. If, if I trust myself to think, yeah, I'll withdraw some money and invest it. No, I, I just boom, 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 boom. On a, I don't even what, know what date it is. Probably the, something like the 15th of every month. I do that. It's automated in my life. Now, after many years of doing that, I'm in a very safe, secure, blessed financial place. Why? Because I practice those things. So my challenge to you, number one, is to get a vision of the habits you would need to do. Number two, how do we do this? I wanna challenge you, begin, find an action that will get you there, but begin really, really small. There's a great book called, by James Clear, called Atomic Habits. Again, not a Christian book, but a great, it's full of Bible principles. Really recommend that to you. And I'd encourage you every day, begin practicing. Find a, find a very small action. If your house is a mess and you're a hoarder or whatever, don't try and sort everything out in a day. Just stay every day, I'm gonna tidy two things away. Every day, I'm gonna go for a little walk for five minutes. Every day, I'm gonna save a few dollars. Every day, I'm gonna begin giving. Every day, I'm gonna find somebody to encourage. Just begin small. And what I would do is I would think about the action first, the small action, and then I would try to determine a trigger. And the great thing is you can choose the trigger. If you will practice, if, you, if I determine at 10 o'clock every day, I'm going to set an alarm and I'm going to play guitar for five minutes. Yeah? And then at the end of that, I want to specifically engage in the reward. So imagine, ten, imagine I want to play guitar every day more. Here's how I would form a habit. I'd set an alarm at 10. I, I need that trigger to kind of break into my life. I'd do the action and at the end of it, this sounds dumb, but I'd actually reward myself. I'd take a minute and I'd think, yeah, it felt really great to do that. I'm glad I played guitar five minutes instead of looking at social media. I'm glad I did that. Like, good boy, well done. I, I like myself, I like who God called me to be. I like playing guitar, I like improving on that. Yeah, and here's the thing, guys. It's, I wanna, you've got to feel that reward, yeah? People don't do things. People don't eat in, in restaurants because they're hungry. They eat in restaurants because they imagine the feeling they will get when they eat that delicious food. And they don't go there for food, they go there for a feeling. And we can learn to hack with the Word of God our own lifestyle, our habits. Again, find those small things that you can do every day, put the triggers in place. You can decide, hey, every time I go into my room, whatever, I'm just gonna straighten my closet out, tidy my clothes, whatever that might be. Find the trigger, do the action, and then engage with the reward. And after a while, you'll begin craving the reward. Yeah? You know, I don't know if anybody here ever smokes cigarettes, and I love you if you smoke cigarettes, but it's a dumb habit. You know, get out of that, get some help with that. But here's my point, why do people start smoking? It's actually a crazy habit. It's probably ridiculously expensive. I've no idea how much it costs these days, but I'm sure it costs a lot of money. There's, there's virtually zero benefit for it. But why do people do that? They create those cues. And I can actually remember a season in my life, many, 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 many years ago, wasn't walking with God at the time, where, you know, if I was in the right context, I couldn't have a cup of coffee without having a cigarette. 
and I'd associate in my mind these things with them. The cue, if it was with a certain group of people, if it was socializing, whatever that might be, the cue would be there, the action, smoke a cigarette, and then in my mind, I would think there was a reward. Oh, that felt relaxing. The problem is after a while, it doesn't feel relaxing. You just get used to it and you need more. It's a dumb habit. And again, tomorrow we'll talk about how to break habits. So cue or trigger, action, reward. Learn to do those with the things of God and you will form great habits. Much longer video than I meant to make, but um, I'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk about how to break bad habits. If you have any questions, I'll be doing a Q&A at this on the end of the week. So blessings in Jesus' name. Bye for now.